Our Bible readings as a church family have taken us through the major portions of the historical book called Joshua, and we find ourselves in the 24th chapter of Joshua this morning, verses 14 and 15. It's a passage all about choices. How many of you remember one of the most amazing game shows ever that had anything to do with choices? Do you know the name of it? Let's make a deal. Say deal with me. Deal. It's not deal. Not did. Not let's make a deal pickle, but let's make a deal. Let's make a deal is a game show all about choices. So I want to play our own version of let's make choices this morning. Is that agreeable to you? Okay, so you know the premise of the game. First of all, you have a, a, a game show host. Do you know who the original game show host was for Let's Make a Deal? Bob Barker. He's not here. You have me. That's it. So I will be the game show host, and we're going to play one spectacular round of Let's Make a Deal, or really, Let's Make Choices, because that's what the game is really all about. Now, on the TV show set, you had curtains. You had rooms that had big curtains, and they would draw the curtains back to reveal the prize. The prize could have been a car. It could have been something very small and worthless. It could have been something very small and very valuable. It could have been anything. We don't have the room to have curtain rooms, so we have covered boxes. But don't let the size of these boxes fool you because sometimes the most valuable things can be in a small package. So you've got the stage. You have the amazing, wonderful game show host right here. And you have the three choice boxes. So we need a contestant. And luckily we have one. We had an independent accounting firm pour through the church role this past week. And by chance... Total random chance they came out with one person who I hope is in this room today, and that name is in this envelope. The name is... Could I have a drum roll, please? Ruth Ann Fry. Ruth Ann Fry, where are you? Come on, give her a hand. Come on down. Come on, Ruth Ann. All right. Ruth Ann, come right over here. Right down here. Ruth Ann... The luck of the draw. No, I think it was providential that you were the name chosen to play Let's Make a Choice. Aren't you happy? happy. I can tell that you're happy. (laughs) Now, you've been sitting on the Oregon bench at our church for years and years and years, but you've never had an opportunity like this to really do something and make a choice that's going to be as amazing as this choice is about to be. Do you believe me? Good. All right. (laughs) Now, let's come down a couple of steps. You all right? All right. Now you can see behind you are three boxes. I have for you something that may be of interest already that I want to give to you. It's a $15 iTunes gift card. Okay. Is this exciting to some people? All right. It should be. It should be very exciting because with this iTunes gift card, you can, you can, uh, you can do something. I'm, I'm sure you can. You can buy me something. You can buy yourself something. You could buy Mike something. That would probably be a very poor choice to buy him something. But this iTunes gift card is yours, and you can walk away right now 
with this iTunes gift card that is $15, mind you, 15 American dollars in a gift card from iTunes. You can take it and you can walk away right now with it or you can give it back to me and make a choice of one of the boxes. Do you have an idea? Would you like to just call it quits and leave or do you want to do you want to make a choice and choose another box? I want to make a choice. She wants to make a choice. All right, let's give her a hand. She wants to make a choice. Okay. Now, you're feeling pretty brave. I can tell. All right. Now we need some Beautiful people to man these boxes. I need Jackie Farley. Would you come stand behind box number one, please? All right. Marianne White, would you come stand behind box number two? And, well, Ray, come on up here. You, you don't fit the mold, but Ray White, if you come up and stand behind box number three, don't touch the boxes yet because Ruth Ann has to make her choice and then we'll reveal what's behind or inside the boxes. Have you thought about it? Okay, now remember, right now, you can, you can walk away right now with that $15 iTunes gift card. Is that what you'd like to do? You want to make a choice. Okay, you're, you're going to live with the choice, whichever, whatever choice it is, because you're going to give back that iTunes card right now. You make it, so there it is. Okay, it's too late. You can't take it back. All right? And behind or inside box number one, box number two, box number three, there's something there, but you have to make your choice. And which choice is it going to be? Drum roll, please. Drum, drum. Yeah, okay. Box number one, box number two, or box number three. Which one is it? Box number two. Box number two. She has chosen box number two. Okay. Now, here's the way you play the game. We don't show you box number two until we show you what you could have had, okay? So you could have had the iTunes gift card, but you gave it back, so you can't have it, all right? But box number, let's start over here with box number three. What could you have had in box number three? If you'd lift it, please. Drum roll, drum roll. Okay, lift it high. You could have had a box of Purina begging strips. I think that has something to do with bacon-flavored dog snacks. Do you have a dog? No, you don't have a dog. All right, then you chose well because you could have had the begging strips, but you didn't get them because you didn't choose box number three. You chose box number two. But box number one, what could you have had? Drum roll, please. Whoa, now come up here, come up here a little closer. You could have had a, a Ghirardelli. Is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. No, you say Ghirardelli. It's <laughs> Ghirardelli chocolate mocha chocolate something in a sleigh. You could have had that, but you didn't choose that. No. You chose box number two. Are you ready? Okay, let's come back down here so that, yeah, there you go. All right, let's turn right here. You could have had the iTunes card, but you gave it back. You could have chosen box number three and had a bunch of begging strips. Maybe Mike would have liked those. Who knows? You never know, okay? Or you could have had box number one, which is the Ghirardelli chocolate, whatever that is, wonderful prize you could have had. But you chose box number two. And let's have a little drum roll, please. For now, what you have for the rest of eternity is a week's worth of spam 
a week. Isn't that wonderful? A week. Now, now come up here. Come up here. Come up here. Look, look. It is not just one can of Spam, turkey Spam, but it is hickory smoke Spam. It is that kind of Spam. It's bacon Spam. It is turkey Spam. You've got enough Spam to last you for quite a while. I do. Isn't that the greatest? I won't have to cook for a long time. You won't have to cook for a long time. Excellent. And I, I'm glad that you won't be inviting me over anytime soon either. Thanksgiving, this is perfect Thanksgiving right here. I can tell y'all are going to have a feast because you've got a week's worth of spam. Let's give her a hand. Thank you all. Okay. Ruth Ann, that spam is really yours, but I have to have it the next hour. So... Joshua 24, 14, and 15. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. If it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, then choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served, which were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you were now living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I have always considered the theme of the book of Joshua, the apex, if you will, the most important words of advice to come from God's Word in this book to be these verses we just read. Many of you may have these words etched upon your mind, and that's good. Some of you may have uh, works of art or plaques, something framed in your home. Maybe you have uh, a pillow that has embroidered words that reflect the message of Joshua twenty-four fifteen. I believe that the most important message we could ever get concerns the most important choice one could ever make. And all kidding aside, taking just a few minutes to poke fun at a game or to have a laugh or two about ridiculous choices, nevertheless, a choice is before each and every one of us. What I want to choose to do today is to simply take that phrase that's found in Joshua 24, 15, where Joshua said, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. I want to just simply break that phrase apart. One way to look at God's word is just to take it word for word, define those words. See what the relationship between the words are and apply those to daily living. And that would appear to me to be the best way to study the Bible anyway. That's what we attempt to do each and every time we open God's Word, at least in this room. May not always hit the mark, may not always do the best job of it, but my intention is always to take what God has told us and to make it to where we can understand it. So it is with the most important choice of life. You remember the historical background for the book of Joshua is simply that 
after the Exodus event, when the children of Israel were released from bondage to Egypt, they wandered for a generation before they were able to take the land of promise, the land of Canaan, the nation of Israel as we know it today. Moses had spent his years and spent his time leading the people, and then the mantle of leadership was turned over to Joshua. He was a young man at the time. But all the way over in Joshua 24, the Scripture tells us that Joshua is now fading from the scene. He has fulfilled his life work. He has led. He has led well. He has led hard to bring the people to the point to where they can take the land of Canaan. They've divided it up by the tribes of Israel. And Joshua has called the nation together one final time. One, one last word he wants to give. This is the background of Joshua chapter 24, the last chapter of this book of history. And these are the words of Joshua given to the people. It concerns the simple fact that first and foremost, we must make a choice. Choose. Choose, he said. Now, what kind of choice was Joshua talking about? The game, let's make a deal. The fact that there are multiple choices one can make is much like it is in life choices today. Maybe you would have done something different than Ruth Ann did today. Maybe you would have taken the iTunes card and put it in your pocket and walked away and been fine. She couldn't. There were multiple choices for her to make, and she ended up making one, and she's going to live with Spam for a week. How many choices are like that in everyday life? You go to the doctor, and you have the test, and the test results come back. And then you have but one choice to make? Usually not. Usually it's a matter of sitting down after you've done your own research on the Internet, which you can do now, and it's sorting through the issues with people that you trust. And in a me medical diagnosis, many times it is options that you choose from. It could be this method of treatment or going this direction, or it could be taking this instead of that. And you have to sort through the options before you. Many times when you're looking at a life choice such as employment. Many times I've heard you tell me that there are two or three options that you could follow. For kids coming up through high school, if they choose to go to college, for some people it may be that there's only one place that they want to go. It may be that all their life they've been told it's going to be this school and this is why it's going to be this way. But for many it is an option between several. You'll take several trips and you'll go to this school and you'll spend a day or a weekend and you'll attend classes and then you'll go to another one and you'll begin to weigh the options in your mind. You'll begin to talk with people that you trust. You'll see what the financial situation might be. Can you, can you do better here with scholarships than there? Those are just a couple of examples of issues where the choices are plenty. But this choice... This choice before us today, my friends, is between one of two things, and that's it. In Joshua's culture in his day, 
He set the choice up as between, on the one hand, God, and on the other hand, the false gods, the many religions of the culture around them. The gods of the Amorites, that's a people group. The gods of the Hittites, the gods that your forefathers served when they were serving in Egypt, where Pharaoh, the Egyptian ruler, was deemed to be a deity unto himself. Or you could choose to worship the sun. Or you could worship the moon or any number of animals. Or you could worship the Nile River if you so chose. Those were all choices that you had. But Joshua says, for you and me today, the choice is simply between one of two options. You can choose the path that God would have you walk. In New Testament language and understanding, we would say the choice of Jesus His fulfillment was not in the book of Joshua. It was to come centuries later. But we see things from this side of the cross. And so the choice on one hand is to choose the path of Christ. It's to choose giving your heart and your life back to God in Christ, to have forgiveness of sin. That is a choice on this end. On the other, now you can describe it in many different ways, and it may appear as though it is a multi-choice But it isn't. It is serving your own way. Or we may say it is doing the work of evil. It is following the path of the demonic of Satan. It is choosing to live in sin and to remain in sin. Or it's choosing to say that you don't believe in in any higher authority at all. You can call yourself atheist or agnostic. But simply... Put, it's not a multiple choice. It is one of two things. We either choose on this hand the path of God in Christ, or we choose on the other hand to do things our way. Joshua said, My last words to you are simple. I ask you to take stock of your life. I ask you to look and to see what is all around you. I want you to look back at history. I want you to take the advice that you've been given. And I want you to look ahead as far as you can at least into the future and to see, looking at all things, what God has done for you. And then I want you to make a choice to serve God or to serve your own way. I don't know how else to define it. I try to use words that are not just found in the Bible, though Bible words are fine. But if you want to say to someone, you're either going to choose to be living in Christ and be with God, or you're going to choose to live far from God, maybe that helps. It's still one of two choices, one of two things. So Joshua says, choose. Then you notice in that highlighted phrase, he says, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. Choose whom you will serve. And this is where it gets very interesting. Because there is a law at work here. The simple law is this. What you and I choose, we will serve. No ifs, ands, or buts. No conditional clauses. 
No, well, it may be this way or that way. No, it, it's universal. The choices we make, we're going to serve those choices. That's why Joshua said it this way. Choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. Because he wanted to communicate clearly that though we are free to make our own choices, and we are, we are not free to control the consequences. And we will always serve and become a slave to the choices we make. Now think about it. Think about, uh, think about the choice. Think about God on one hand and the path of sin, your own way on the other hand. If we could just bring them both before us and say, give me your best pitch. Tell me the truth about what you expect of me. Tell me something that will make me want to choose your path. What would they say? Well, I've heard it before. You have too, but let's remind ourselves. If we take our own path, if we take the path of, of Satan, the path of evil, the path of sin, that whole lifestyle, that whole mindset has always promoted the following. Do what you want to do. Be free. You're in control of your destiny. You were created with a mind in which to think. You're smart. You may not do everything right, but here's the deal. Just do what you want to do. Be free. As long as you're not breaking any law, as long as you're not hurting anyone else, as long as you're not stepping on the rights of others, then you're free to do whatever you want to do. You ever heard that before? That, that's in my mind, that's kind of the condensed version of this choice that we have in life. To do what we want to do, to follow our own path, to make up the rules as we go. What happens when we make choices like that? In my own experience, I had discovered the hard way that when I have bought in to that way of thinking, the very things I did that I thought would set me free, the very things I did in order to choose my own path in my own way, the very freedom I longed for and that I thought I was headed for, it turned out that that was not the truth. I began to serve those choices that I made. And I became a slave to them. Isn't that what ultimate addiction is the ultimate abuse of alcohol is what is someone drinks alcohol in order to loosen up in order to set them free in order to feel better about themselves and many many times what happens you become a slave to that choice How many things can you think of in your own life, be it drugs or be it an attitude, be it a path of life, where you thought that I'm free to do this, it's my choice, and it is. 
But then come to find out that the ramifications of that choice you cannot control. And you realize sometimes too late that you bought into a lie. That what you were told would set you free didn't set you free at all. But it was just a setup. It was just a line. It was just a lie. Because going down that path brought you to slavery and captivity. People who are incarcerated, physically incarcerated, the bottom line is they will always admit, I think, that the choices they thought would set them free ended up putting them in prison. And folks, we all know there's more prisons than just physical places in this state or that state conducted by state officials or federal officials where people are incarcerated. How many people are living in prisons, walking around in life, living under total captivity to choices they thought would set them free that now they serve? And it's destroying them. That's the pitch from that side. On the other hand, what does God say? If we were to say, Lord, you know, as if we could call God before us and say, give me your best pitch. Give me your best sales job. Tell me what to expect because I have a choice here before me. Just like Joshua said, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. He wanted the people to choose. If they were going to go back and serve the gods of the Amorites or the Egyptians, he wanted them to be clear about that choice. So what do you say to me, God? Well, God has made it very clear in his word things like this. Hey, Stephen, here's my pitch. Here's my counsel to you. Do you want to choose me? If you choose me, here's the deal. You become my slave. You serve me. I have a friend in the New Testament, God would say. His name's Paul. And most of the letters that Paul writes, what does he call himself, Stephen? I go back and look at it. And Paul always said, I'm Paul. I'm a bond servant. I'm a slave of Jesus. I said, that's what I'm talking about. Personal rights, you don't have any. Your own way, I don't want you to think in those terms. I want you to give up your own attitude and your own desires, and I want you to surrender your life to me. And I want to, I'm going to be, I'm going to be clear up front with you, Stephen. I want you to become my servant. I want you to do my will and not your own. See, on one hand, The path of life, the path of sin, the path of Satan says, we'll set you free, just do what you want. They lie. But God, on the other hand, says, I'll be real clear. I want you to be my servant. And folks, what have you discovered? If you've discovered that choice and you've made Christ Lord of your life, you have served the Lord and you have done his will. And what has God done in your life as a result? He set you free didn't he? You found that true happiness was found not in serving yourself, but in serving others. You found that real love was not in grabbing what you could take and expecting people to do things your way, but you found that true love, the love of God in Christ, was a sacrificial love. And you and I find that when we take God at his word and he says... Forget your personal rights and surrender them to me and I will set you free that God has the power to do that. Because you see, Joshua said, choose. 
Because what you choose, you're going to serve. Then he says one final thing in that phrase. It's right there in the middle. We almost missed it. Choose for yourselves tomorrow. No. Next month. No. Next leap year. Choose for yourselves today. I love the King James Version. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Choose this day. It almost seems like Joshua may be saying, there's a little urgency here. There's a little time element here. And he is. On May 31, 1889, the town of Johnstown, Pennsylvania was flooded. 2,209 people died. 99 entire families were wiped out. 396 children were washed away in that flood. Of the 2,209 casualties, 750 of the bodies were never identified. They were put in a mass grave. There was a marker in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, remembering those 750 unnamed people to this day. 1,600 homes were destroyed. $17 million worth of damage. Now, you go back to 1889 and calculate $17 million of losses. Staggering. The flood lines, some of them were marked, the river lines of the flood, 89 feet above the river level. Clara Barton, long known as the founder of the American Red Cross, she herself and her team, they were just formed in 1881. In 1889, they knew how to handle natural disasters, and they came on the scene and helped all that they could. The Conemaw River that flooded the town of Johnstown, Pennsylvania, is remembered to this day. But here's the deal, folks. Hear me, it didn't have to happen. The people of Johnstown, Pennsylvania knew that the dam that held back the spillway in the river level was weakening. There are minutes of meetings where they discussed it, where they decided we will put it off, we will do something later. And on May 31, 1889, the dam burst and the water rushing about 40 miles an hour. Some say at the force of Niagara Falls that it would fall in 36 minutes. That's how they measured the inundation of that flood. And get this, that was 1889. They rebuilt as best they could. And there was another flood in 1936. And it wasn't until 1936 that they finally began to take the measures to correct the problem. And the last time the flood happened in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, history records, was in 1977 with no casualties. And you sit here and go, that's incredible. How ridiculous. For an entire town... To know, to understand the imminent danger, and to do nothing. And then after that amazing catastrophe in 1889, to rebuild and still do nothing. 
1936, a flood not quite as bad finally pushed them to the point to where they did what they should have done a generation before. I say all that to say, Joshua said, choose this day whom you will serve. I know human nature. Oh, I'll do it later, Stephen. I've got things I need to attend to. There was a time when people would literally say to me, I'm going to sow all the wild oats I have in my life, and then before it's too late, I'm going to live my, give my life to God. Knowing that a choice is that serious, and knowing that choice you're going to serve, and we would allow the things of this world to cause us to be relaxed and to say it really doesn't matter and to ignore the imminent danger of a life of separation from God for eternity. Folks, how many people do you know that you would say are far from God? that are unchurched, that are not saved, that do not know the path of God in Christ for their life. What a shame. What a choice. You know, Ruth Ann really didn't have a chance because she thought that she knew that something better might be on one of those boxes. She wasn't sure. God didn't play that game with us. He puts in our hands eternal life. It's ours for the asking. Choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to open the Bible, to read to consider, and to choose. Help us in making choices that honor you today, Lord. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. I don't know how else to say it, except that we want to give every person in this room an opportunity to make a choice today. When we stand in a moment and sing, it could be that you're here today without Jesus in your life. He is not the Lord of your life. He is not the one who you call upon. You're serving your own way. I want to ask you to look at the choice before you. And I urge you to give your life to Jesus to find forgiveness of sin. Maybe you're here today and you're a believer, but maybe you're making choices and you're serving those choices. I would say for those who are children of God, who are disobeying God, it's time for a wake-up call. It's time for a recommitment. It's time for a revival, a personal revival in your own life. What would that mean? What would God have you to do today? And by all means, why would you put off something that has this magnitude of importance in your life. Coming to join our church, we invite you to come if that's what God's leading you to do, to profess your faith in Christ, to come here for prayer, to find God's path, and to make the choice. That's what we're here for. We stand together. We wait for you here in the front. As we stand and sing, won't you step out and come forward right now?